Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Friday, July 10th edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin, and I'm joined by a really special guest today, a great <laughs> journalist out of England, Mr. Chisanga Malata. First time I've seen you, Chisanga, since we were in Rio de Janeiro last May. So how are you, man? How's everything going? I'm, I'm good, Adam. Uh, very well, actually, just enjoying the British summer sunshine, which is a rarity, actually, but I'm good. And as you said, yes, yeah, the first time since we've seen, it, we've seen each other since uh, Brazil, which I believe... I think it was 14 months to the day we went up uh, Sugarloaf Mountain today. I was actually going through my iPhone photos today, and I saw there was, uh, yeah, 14 months today, yeah. Yeah. That was, like, seriously, that, that was one of the best trips I've ever taken in my life, I think. Oh, right? it's still surreal. Like, I can't yeah. – like, sometimes I still can't comprehend the fact that I was actually in Brazil. Somewhere there I always wanted to go, but I thought oh, I might not ever get the chance or what have you. But it was a phenomenal trip, man, and I'd definitely love to go back. Oh, me too. I would too. It was a great car too. And like a lot of uh, uh, associations with this car because a bunch of the fighters that were on that card are fighting on Saturday, just saying. So we'll get into those mm -hmm. fights. But uh, just before we get into today's show, and by the way, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff today. UFC 251, just the Fight Island schedule in general, Mike Perry situation, some news and notes, fight announcements, all that good stuff. But just before we get into it, I, I want Chisanga just to talk about uh, his background in the sports. Uh, go ahead, Chisanga, the floor is yours. All right, so I've been a mixed martial arts fan, I think, since 2005. I was actually in a, an old video store. Believe it or not, kids, there were VHS video stores back in the day. And I kind of remember which pride it was that I that I saw. Uh, and I went back and I watched it, and then I was I was hooked since then. And my days as an MMA reporter actually began, I'd say, five years ago with the with the Daily Star, whom I still write for right now, and I have a weekly UFC column with. But I actually also write for the Daily Mirror and now the Daily Express as well, where I, that's where you can find my bylines, folks. <laughs> and I remember when I met you saying in person last year, like we connected right away. I was like, this guy knows the sport. And anyone who likes MMA and who knows the sport, I'm going to love to. But yeah, I mean, getting back to that trip though, man, like that whole dinner with Johnny Walker, like that was a great memory. And, and like you mm -hmm. said, going up that mountain to Sugarloaf and just everything about him. But the event too. And of course, like I mentioned earlier, some of the fighters that fought that night are fighting tomorrow. Volkanovski, who beat Aldo that night. Mm -hmm. Both fighting, and of course Jessica Andrade and Rose Namajunas. So it's going to be a great card, Chisanga. Let's get right into it, man. I mean, let's jump into this card. We should mention right now the weigh-ins are actually going on while we're doing this podcast. It seems like most of the fighters have, have made weight at this point, except for one guy, Rally and Paiva. He missed weight by four pounds. Mm -hmm. I guess three pounds. He came in at one twenty-nine. So he missed weight. I don't know if that fight's going to go. On. I mean, that's a pretty bad weight miss. Maybe we'll see what happens there. Hopefully. No, if you miss weight by, I think, three or four pounds, you should be giving up, like, 50% of your purse. You know what yeah, I mean? it's an egregious miss. Like, it, sometimes I think when fighters miss weight by that amount, I just think they've decided to quit, and they just thought, right, I'm, I've, I've cut this amount. I'm just, what's the point in killing myself? Yeah, 100% yeah. agree with that too, man. I think a lot of guys use it to their advantage because they're like, you know what, if I'm going to miss weight by one pound and give it 20%, I might as well miss weight by three or four pounds and give up 20. But, again, we don't even know if that fight's going to go on. I think it will, that fight between um, – Azuma Gulov and uh, 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 Pila. So we'll see what happens there. As far as Masvidal go, he's just made weight. There was some picture floating around this morning of him cutting weight with all the towels and stuff. On. I mean, like, you saw the picture? Yeah, I did. It's, <laughs> it, it, it's, it makes for harrowing viewing because we, we always forget the, the fight that fighters have to go through before they actually step into the cage. And that is with, with their bodies and depleting their bodies to the point of and beyond the point of starvation that some in a, in some instances but jorge's made weight hopefully he can hydrate properly now and then we're going to be in for a good fight 
yeah, this picture's crazy. I mean, we've seen pictures like this before, videos like this, uh, Chris Cyborg. Oh, yeah, it was horrendous. I remember yeah. that video. That was one of the worst weight cuts I've seen. And then also Jose Aldo, back in the day, Chisenga in Toronto, UFC 129, when he fought Mark, when he fought Mark Hominick that night, mm. video of him like cutting weight. And that was at 145. Somehow, 10 years later, he's at 135. I don't know how he's doing it, man. But uh, he did make weight this morning, Jose Aldo. He looked great in the scale, Trisanga. It's going to be a great fight. Um, Kamaru Usman's made weight. Volkanovski made weight. Holloway's made weight. So all the big guns have made weight. Uh, any thoughts on the wins before we actually get into the fights? I'm just happy they've gone off without a hitch. <laughs> because we've, we've covered so many so many events now where something something happens where a fighter might miss weight or they leave it to the last second to, to come in and make weight or Daniel Cormier towelgate who could forget that <laughs> in, yeah. uh, in that was in Buffalo if, if I remember was that two was that 216 I think no not 216 couldn't it be two, uh 206 no not 206 that was Holloway and Pettis sure, it's one of those ones though yeah it was yeah it was in between it was in between because obviously he rematched John at 214 so it can't have been after that but yeah we've had some memorable and uh <laughs> heart beating moments at weigh-ins but i'm just happy that everything's going off without a hitch and we're going to be in store for some great fights and this for me is like it's the best card of the year undoubtedly undoubtedly yeah. you were really close by the way it's ufc 210 in buffalo april 2017 oh i was close but, yeah <laughs> you know what i used to be like the encyclopedia of the event numbers and stuff it's getting tough now. I gotta be honest. I think because you know I'm getting old now. I'm thirty, <laughs> and my memory's going. But it's actually getting tough because there's so many events these days. It's kind of hard to keep up. But me and you love it, man. We love what we do. We love the sports. And uh, let's get into this card, man. This card is so sick. Like as a hardcore fan, this is one of the best cards you could ever ask for. Just your overall thoughts on this card, man. Before we break them down one by one. It's stacked from top to bottom, isn't it, man? There's like, uh, well, for me personally, and I'm just going to get this out there. I think one of the fights I'm most looking forward to is not even on the main card. It's Macon Amarcani against Danny Henry. And that's because I actually have a personal connection to Danny Henry. So Danny Henry, I think he still is one of the uh, head doormen at a nightclub in Edinburgh. And I used to work at that nightclub in Edinburgh. So I actually know Danny from a long time ago. So yeah, that's one of the fights that my heart will probably be racing for for the most but yeah from top to bottom this this fight card is just unbelievable and the main card itself is just <sighs> to, to to quote the young kids it's it's fire or it's flames i don't know what they say nowadays yeah, something, no, it's, it's, it's something yeah. like that no you're not you're not wrong about that man the card's stacked and actually like what i think the different the difference between this card and a lot of other cards is it's just so deep like you said the prelims mm. like henry fight with eric Hardy. I'm really looking forward to that fight. I'm not going to lie. You know, I don't even know what that fight. It's going to be an interesting battle. So it should be good. But let's start with the main event here. Okay, I should mention that I already broke down the card with Cole Sheldon, my co-host here on Tuesday. So if you guys want, you can go back and check it out for our in-depth uh, breakdown with bets and stuff. But we're going to stick to more of like uh, topical stuff with, uh, with Chisanga here. So uh, no betting lines or anything like that. Let's start with the main event here. Kamaru Usman and Jorge Maswell. We already know the story. Maswell stepped in six days notice for Gilbert Burns. This is the fight everyone wanted to see in the first place, man. And I'm not going to lie. I don't know how it is there, but like where I am, all my friends who are casual fans are like texting me saying, yo, this Maswell fight's going to be sick, man. Like I can't wait to watch like, <laughs> my money on. Like, I don't know how it is where you are and you're in England, I believe, but this seems like it's going to be one of the biggest pay-per-views we've seen in a long time. Oh yeah. This, this, uh, this pay-per-view definitely crossed into, into the mainstream and that's solely down to the addition of Jorge Masvidal, who obviously became a household name. He's been a name for amongst MMA hardcore fans for the better part of 15 years, but he became a real household name last year, especially last July with that viral five second, the fastest knockout in UFC history. And as you said, 
I'm in a similar situation as well. Loads of my friends who are the most casual of casual observers of mixed martial arts. They only fight, they only interested if Conor is fighting or Khabib is fighting. They've been texting me, they've been messaging me on social media saying, oh, who should I put my money on? I know Masvidal's well, three to one, but I've just got a feeling, yeah, maybe like, is, uh, is Kamaru that really, really good? Re uh, sorry, is Kamaru that really that good a wrestler? Those are the questions that my friends, some of whom I haven't spoken to for a couple of months, are firing my way. So this, uh, this pay-per-view is well and truly got caught the public eye and i think it's going to deliver i i agree uh man i agree completely and it's a tough fight to call too that's what i love about mm -hmm. it even with the short notice generally i pick against guys coming in on short notice like i remember when bisping fought Rockwell. i know that bisping won but there's no way in hell i would have ever thought he would have won just because of the short notice in this you know we have uh dustin poirier now saying hey this guy's been training and sparring like hard the whole time he was preparing just in case he thought had a inkling in his mind that hey this might happen birds might follow i might take the spot so to me this is not really a true short nose fight because it, it does seem like maswell's in tremendous shape at this point um i know Usman obviously pushes an incredible pace the guy's such a good mm -hmm. player, but i think maswell does have a chance to win this fight what, what are your thoughts on the matchup oh 100 i mean a lot of people are are have broken it down as just the traditional striker versus grappler uh, matchup but i don't think it's that Kamara showed very good striking against Colby Covington. Okay, Colby's stand-up isn't isn't the highest level. It's it's very good, but it's not it's not elite striking. But going into this fight, Kamara's at a marked disadvantage in the striking department against Jorge Masvidal. A marked disadvantage. And if he tries to uh, to fight <laughs> Jorge the same way that he fought Colby, which I don't think he will, but you never know. He might have fallen in love with his hands after the performance that he put on against Colby. Then I think it's going to be a difficult night for him. And conversely, if he just tries to utilize his wrestling, that could just play into Masvidal's plans because he, he would have no doubt just been planning for the scenario where Usman just tries to take him down from the outset. Yeah. So he's got to mix things up to, to get victory and get his hand raised. That, that's a great breakdown. You know, Usman, he really is a mixed martial artist, but his striking has gotten way better. And we don't mm -hmm. know. His wrestling is his bread and butter. So he's a tough guy to bet against, man. I got to be honest. Like, he's on a 15-fight win streak, and he's won 11 fights in a row in the UFC. So he's impressive. But I have this feeling that Maswell's going to pull it off. Right? <laughs> no, I've got – yeah, I've, I don't know what it is. Like, all logic dictates and, and everything dictates to Usman retaining his title. But there's just some, it's just something in the air, right? I know we're not there on site in Abu Dhabi. Lord knows we wish we were. <laughs> But there's just something, there's just, I've just got a feeling that something spectacular is going to happen in that fight. Oh, man. I agree completely, by the way. Like all these journalists posting like videos and pictures on social media. I'm like, oh, oh man. Yeah. <laughs> it, looks, it looks really nice there. And I got to say, like the hotels for the fighters and stuff, like it, it's top notch. You got to give the UFC a lot of credit, man. I mean, for all the flack we give them for the low fighter pay and a lot of the mm -hmm. other events, they really are the best mixed martial arts organization. And honestly, they're proving they're one of the best like professional sports leagues in the world right now because. If you look at the testing they're doing to keep these guys safe, it really is working. Like you're getting the guys testing positive, but it's before the fight's happening. So the guys aren't really getting infected during the fights, which is obviously great. So you look at some other sports now over here in um, the United States, a lot of these guys are testing positive. And then you have like the baseball league, major league baseball, it, the testing, there's a lot of issues with the testing where tests mm -hmm. are showing up. They're not getting the test results back and stuff. UFC is doing a great job with this. So kudos to them. I mean, the whole fight island thing. Yeah. It's, you know, kind of gimmicky and stuff, but, I'm pretty excited for it, man. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I mean, four fight cards in 15 days. What more can we ask for? Like, as if the three and uh, in three and 10 days in uh, Jacksonville wasn't wasn't enough. I mean, four and 15 days. And as, yeah, as, as you quite rightly said, a lot of us 
um, yeah, a lot of us were quite critical of the UFC when they were pressing ahead with plans for uh, two, four, nine, because oh, and and justifiably so because obviously we're still learning about this virus and, and some reports are saying it's mutating and, and what have you. So I can understand why people were concerned, but the UFC had pulled out all the stops to ensure that fighters, staff, and indeed everybody connected to the event, whether it be whether it even be a relative of somebody who's, who's holding up the lights at the arena will be safe so yeah. they, they they deserve props and one thing that i'm really happy that they're doing is that they're doing multiple tests in in a week they're doing three or four i think for two four nine they might have done three but i i don't even know how many tests masvidal has done now he must have been upwards of five or six four or five i think it's four yeah, or five, four yeah. or five. And that that mitigates the uh, the possibility of potential uh, false diagnosis because a lot of tests have been showing false positives. So yeah. the frequency in which they're testing is is mitigating against that. So props to them, man. And they're putting on amazing fights. So I'm absolutely pumped. Yeah. I, I just yeah. I, know. I, like I know you said. I, oh, sorry. I know you said the the fight island thing was kind of gimmicky, but I think it's 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 quite cool and yeah. like I that really is the definition of international fight week because it's abroad. Like if they were to do the same thing for next year, hopefully like touch wood that we can have fans and, and uh, media back at all these events, that's what they should do. They should take international fight week somewhere, somewhere else. That's yeah. what they should do. But... Oh, international fight week, but it's always in Vegas, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, man. I just want to touch on my comment. Cause uh, when I say gimmicky, it's like, I, okay, first of all, I love the fire brand. Like the whole thing with the t-shirts. It's yeah, cool. It's cool. It just sounds cool. It's like they're going to an island to fight. Like, it's cool. I love it all. The only thing I don't like is the fact that they've been very dishonest about um, the octagon on the beach. Like, a lot of people thought, oh, <laughs> yeah. They're like, yo, it's on the beach. Is it in a venue? I'm like, yeah, dude. It's the same place where, uh, where the Habib and Poirier fought, I think, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it's not on the beach. That's the only thing that I don't like is that I feel like a lot of the advertisements have been on, the, like, with the octagon on the beach. Yeah. Like, there's people, like, this is only for. Uh, marketing purposes. It's not actually, they're not actually going to fight outside. They can't fight outside in Abu Dhabi. Like, it's going to be hot inside. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also, they're fighting at a really like weird time. Like, it's like 6 a.m., like um, United States Eastern mm -hmm. time. So, I don't know how these fighters are going to adjust to it. I mean, it's going to be kind of crazy to, to see that part of it. You know, any, any thoughts on that? I would have loved to have seen them fighting in an octagon on the beach, the waves crashing. Each that would have been that, that would have been phenomenal, man. That really that really would have been some uh, Bruce Lee and the Dragon type stuff, if you know what I mean. But yeah, yeah as as you said, I, I don't want to say we're sold false goods by Dana White, but there was a bit of uh, mischief in the promotional in the promotional stuff. But yeah, I I love Fight Island, but yeah, as as you said there, the the weather's gonna the heat is gonna play a major part in in this fight and. In, uh, in all the fights, in in particular, maybe even Usman Masvidal, because yeah. you don't know how hot it's going to be in the cage, and they're going to get sweaty early early doors. Will Usman be able to hold hold him down when he's really sweaty? We don't know, but yeah, yeah it's all these questions will be answered within forty eight hours, which is what I can't wait for. Now, I want to get uh, get to one thing here. I saw you interviewed Leon Edwards. Uh, mm -hmm. I think he's one of the best welterweights in the sport. He's won eight fights in a row. He's 10 and 2 in the UFC. He's just a tremendous fighter, man, really. Like, I think Leon Edwards probably should get the next title shot, but I don't expect him to. 
especially if Masvidal wins this fight. If Masvidal wins, I'm expecting him to call Conor McGregor. I'm expecting him to call yeah. him for these super fights, these money fights. And I think that's a smart move. Maybe he being called out Habib. I really have no idea. Like, so I think he'll be calling us for some money fights. Mm-hmm. If, if Usman wins, I'm thinking probably Burns still gets that shot if he tests negative. But who knows? Like, maybe he doesn't test negative. We don't know yet. I feel like Masvidal or um, uh, Edwards is in a spot where he probably needs to fight once again, which it doesn't seem fair, but he hasn't fought in a year now. It's not a bad thing, I think, for him to get more fight. Maybe Colby Covington, maybe Stephen Thompson. I know you had an interview with him, I think, yesterday. So mm-hmm. if you want to touch on anything that he talked about, go ahead. So, um, yeah, w- when I when I last spoke to Leon, he, he was adamant that he deserves a title shot. And, I mean, we've been observers of mixed martial arts for a long time. And back in the day, there was such a thing called meritocracy, where if you were to win four or five fights, you'd get a title shot. You would, you would get that. But Leon has won double that. He's won eight fights in a row. And his last victory was a decisive United's precision victory against a former world champion in Rafael Dos Anjos. What more does a man need to do to, to really to be given his dues? Now, I think with Leon, it's a soft-spoken nature that works against him. Because if he was this brash, cocky brummy, which is a nickname for someone from Birmingham, which, <laughs> which is where Leon's from, then I think the UFC would would think, oh yeah, we can market this, we can market this guy and give him a title shot. But unfortunately, it's not in his nature. And I respect him for not going down that route because we'd be criticizing him saying, oh, this is this is just a gimmick, this isn't yeah. who you are. So I, while I respect the fact that he's staying true to himself, I'm understanding of the fact that his, not, not so much silence because he occasionally posts on, uh, on social media and he takes jibes, it's, uh, it's been detrimental to his title hopes. And you you mentioned the fights against possibly Colby Covington and uh, Wonderboy Thompson. I think those two are the fights that only make sense for him at this moment in time. Because I think, as you said, if Jorge wins, he's either... Well, we know what's going to happen if Jorge wins. If Jorge wins, Conor McGregor is going to tweet five minutes later, campaigning for that fight. The UFC will then seriously consider that fight. And yeah. Nate, Nate Diaz will probably do the same thing as well. He'll probably say something like, run it back or what have you. Yeah, And Jorge understandably at this stage of his career like he's a he's a long-standing veteran he'll he'll want to entertain those fights which you can't begrudge him for um so yeah i think really if if leon's gonna get a title shot he yeah the best route to a title shot is usman winning is 100 yeah but then again you then again you've got gilbert burns yeah. so and i think the ufc will probably think right gilbert did us a solid let's throw him a bone here let's give him the title shot that he had that he earned sorry so yeah yeah i think leon's gonna have to fight colby or, or wonder boy next and ideally i think well both matchups are are, are tough matchups they're really tough matchups yeah. so but i i think i'd prefer to see the colby fight I, because if leon was to beat wonder boy a lot of people would just say oh yeah wonder boy is getting up there in age wonder boy is what 36 or 37 now yes he's starting to get gray hair and stuff i was watching yeah starting to get <laughs> starting to be a silver fox but okay. yeah but if you if he was to beat uh wonder boy then people could just say oh wonder boy is getting up there in age he's not the same fighter who he was a few years ago but a win over colby covington and a decisive win over colby covington would get in that title shot yeah I think so too. I think that's a fight they could make next. I, Colby wants a title shot too, but I think he'll have to fight again for sure now at this point. Yeah. Especially coming off the loss, even though it was a great fight. Um, anyways, I want to get your official pick, man. Give me your official pick for. Oh, my official pick. I'm doing that. You're picking. Okay. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Jorge Masvidal. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. I'm going to go Jorge Masvidal. I love, I love Kamaru Usman. 
he's, he's, he's a great man. He's like, he's a great father, great champion. And uh, my family's originally from Africa. So seeing an African lift, uh, well, him becoming Africa's first UFC champion, it was a, it was an emotional, it was an emotional time. That was last March that when he beat Woodley. Yes. So, um, but I just think there's something going to happen. There's something in the air in Abu Dhabi. And I think Masvidal is going to get an upset victory. I don't think it will be early. I think it probably it might be around the third round. It's going to be an interesting fight, man. I can't wait mm -hmm. to watch. All right, co-main event is also a really intriguing fight. It's a rematch. I was actually at this mm -hmm. fight. Uh, I went to Vegas last December. I saw this card with Volkanovski uh, uh, Holloway and Usman D. Covington that same night. Great card. Uh, a lot of these fighters are fighting again. Volkanovski and Holloway going at it for the second time. First time around, Holloway was a big favorite. Everyone thought he was going to win. Volkanovski went in there. And he, I think he dominated the fight. Like I think yeah. almost every round of the fight, like he looked great in that fight. So I think he proved with that fight that he is an elite guy. 18 straight wins, man. 10 in a row. Holloway is great. He's a former champ, but he has lost two of his last three fights. It seems like he's, he's only 28, but he's been in so many wars to Sanger where it's like, it feels like they're catching up, especially after that Poirier fight last year. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Since then, in my opinion. So give me your thoughts on this fight, man. It's a rematch. Uh, what do you think about it? It's a very interesting rematch. The, the question is, will Max Holloway adapt his, his style where he leads very heavy on his lead leg in order to uh, in order to negate the potential the leg kicks, the successful leg kicks from Alexander Volkanovsky? And I don't think you can reinvent the wheel in less than a year, to be honest. Unless they've well, in, in particular the fact that he's been training over Zoom with his with his coaches for the last few months. I'm I'm leaning towards Volkanovski in this fight. I, I, I really am. I, I mean, rematches seldom go well for the for the losing party the first time around. And I, I just think that we saw Volkanovski execute the perfect – well, he had the blueprint and he executed the plan perfectly against Holloway last December. And as much as it pains me to say it, I do kind of agree with you, Max. He, over the last few fights, obviously, he, he beat Frankie after coming uh, back from the Poirier loss. But – even then, he looked a bit different in that fight. So maybe those wars are coming, like the chickens are coming home to roost. You know what I mean? There's only so much punishment you can take, and Poirier dished out plenty of punishment in, in that fight. So uh, my heart says Max Holloway, but my head says Volkanovski in this fight. Yeah, you know, at first I kind of thought Max had a really good chance, and he might still win. I don't know. Like, we'll see what happens. But the more I, like, looked into it, it's like Volkanovski was so dominant that first fight, and there's nothing – to make me believe that he can't execute a very similar game plan. The thing mm -hmm. is, obviously, Max, he could make the adjustments. He's the kind of guy that's a smart fighter, high fight IQ, he could make those adjustments. But I just think Volkanovski is, like, the best guy in the world right now. Like, he's so well-rounded. Here's the thing. He beat him in the striking department last time, right? Yeah. What if the striking is matched, then he can go to his wrestling. I know Max has really good takedown defense, but Volkanovski's wrestling and it's ground and pound, that's his bread and butter. Like, the first time, of course, we saw it was a decision win. It's possible he might even stop Max Holloway here. Right? Max is a tough guy to finish. He's only been finished once in his career by Poirier in their first fight. I think there's a possibility he could get stopped. What do you think? Possibly. Possibly, you know, and judging from the way that uh, Alexander's been speaking during fight week, he's hell-bent on getting a finish because, obviously, Max uh, and his team made a joke that, oh, he was just point-fighting, and that really – that seems to really rubbed up Volkanovski the wrong way. So, yeah, if – I, I think it could be a finish. I think it could. Uh, it pains me to say it because I love Max Holloway. I'm a big fan of Max Holloway. But yeah, I think it, it's going to be a more decisive victory for Volkanovski this time around. Yep. And um, the next title fight in the card, we have three of them. So it's just a stack card. Peter Yang against Jose Aldo. We actually saw Volkanovski against Aldo last year. Yeah, we did. Yeah, it wasn't the most exciting fight, but Volkanovski got the win. 
This fight's going to be good too. Peter Yan has been really impressive. Nine straight wins, six and zero in the UFC. He's coming off a win over your right favor by knocking with a with a knee. Looked incredible in that fight. The guy's looked amazing, and he's really young too. He's only twenty seven. So, like to me, he is probably the best bandwagon in the world right now. Even though I don't think he's ranked number one, he's three, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, Aldo is a legend. He's a longtime featherweight champion, but this is not the same guy anymore. You know, he's thirty three years old. He's coming off back-to-back -back losses. He's getting the title shot almost as like a legacy title shot. He lost to Marais. It was a close fight. He probably should have won that fight. Bokanovsky kind of decisive. He did have a couple wins over McConnell and Stevens by knockout. Yeah. So he can get some nice finishes now and then. He looked great in those fights. But he also has those losses against Max Holloway and, of course, the Conor McGregor fight mm -hmm. where he got knocked out. So this is a guy who's getting up there in age. He's been in a lot of wars. He's been actually getting knocked out. Um, and that's what I worry about with Max. It's like once guys start getting knocked out, they keep getting knocked out. I don't know about this fight uh, for Aldo, man. I, I really think Yan wins this fight. I'm pretty confident Peter Yan is going to win the uh, Bacon Bandway title. What do you think, though? Like, do you think Aldo could turn back the clock here and have a great performance or what? I think so. And okay. one, added, one, one added element that we're forgetting is I do believe, I can't remember what fight it was, but Peter Yan and Jose Aldo have trained together. I'm pretty sure. I can't remember how many years ago this was. I did see a photo of Yan in one of Aldo's training camps. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know whether this is just the nostalgic uh, reminiscer in me talking about this, but I think I think this fight could be a, a good fight for Jose Aldo, so long as he returns to his leg kicks. Yeah. And one thing that we've not seen Peter Yan have to face is somebody who comes forward and pressures him and relent relentless pressures him, and somebody who has equally as good boxing. So, and Aldo, he, he seems to have fallen in love with his hands. I mean, before he was in love with his leg kicks, but now the love has just gone up to his hands now. But um, yeah, I, I some again, like something. There's something about this fight that, and there's something about Jose Aldo, in particular the performance against Marlon Moraes. I mean, that was a very, very, very close fight. Yeah, and I, I thought that he won it, and he still showed, and he showed the world that he's still one of the best. Like. Although he's had his ups and downs, obviously the the back to back losses to Max, and then the loss to Volkanovski, and then obviously the loss to Connor, he's still one of the elite fighters. Yeah. So I I'm picking, I'm going on record, and I'm I, I said this uh, <laughs> a few days ago. I'm going on record and saying that Jose Aldo is going to shock the world. He's going to roll back time. I but, love him, man. Yeah. Well, I what I want to see, I, and I don't know whether this is because of injuries or maybe the, the uh, using leg kicks. Exert is too much exertion for him anymore, but I want to see him using his leg, using his leg kicks because I think Peter Yan and his team, their game plan would have been formulated around the auto that we've seen for the last year and a half, last two years. And if he was to return to his leg kicks, I mean that could that could be a secret weapon. Yeah, well, that's that's great breakdown. Right, honestly, like maybe I'm counting him out too much. I just so high on Yan. It's like mm -hmm. Yan is just the next level. You know, I think he's oh, he's phenomenal. You know, a longtime champion in this division. Like, he's so well-rounded, right? So we'll see what happens, though. It's an interesting fight. Uh, one other fight here on the main card that's super intriguing, a rematch between Jessica Andrade and Rose Namajunas. So we were both at this fight. We saw what happened. Yeah. I crazy we him. <laughs> that was nuts. And remember how, you know, the fans were. That was a great experience to be there. Now, that first fight, Rose, I think, I believe we were scoring it for her that first round. But, yeah. you know, I'm looking back at a lot of tweets now on my, on my timeline the last few days, and, it seems to be a lot of revisionist history. A lot of people saying, hey, that fight was a blowout. You know, this was a fluke win, a lucky slam. Like, I think it was pretty competitive fight, uh, Chisanga. We were there for that. I don't think it was, like, a huge blow, like everyone was saying. Maybe Rose was winning the fight, but it doesn't matter. She got knocked out in the end. So, right now, Jessica Andrade is a big underdog for this fight, which surprises me. No respect from betters here. They all think Rose is going to win this fight dominantly, which makes no sense to me. 
What are your thoughts on this matchup? I'm picking Rosamunas to win, but I don't think it's going to be as dominant a performance as everybody else is saying. Like, yes, Rose was having uh, having major success, in particular with her jab as well and her one-two combinations that she was landing in the in the first round. And I mean, we we had a great view, and uh, maybe our view was a bit impaired by all the beer that we had that night. But <laughs> but but no. But it was clear it was clear enough to see that Rose definitely was winning that fight. But Andrade did have her moments as well in the fight. I went back and, and rewatched it, and like in 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 close and in the clinch, they she did have she did land some good strikes. So, and the notion that the slam was was lucky was that really annoyed me because she attempted the slam beforehand. So how can it be lucky to to execute something similar twice? So, yeah. but. Uh, yeah, I, I I think if Rose is going to win, it's going to be a decision victory. I think she's just going to stick and move, pump the jab, and stay long, and keep Jessica at bay. Rose is great. I love Rose. I mean, but she she's not unbeatable. People think she's like unstoppable. She's eight and four, so she's lost four times. Yeah, she is great. I just worry about the long layoff and all like the documented issues with her mental health, and you know, I think she had some family members recently pass away from COVID nineteen. So like, yeah. after coming in the fight, then again with Andrade coming off the knockout loss to Li Zhang. To me, like that's not even that big of a deal because it's Willie Zhang. Like Willie Zhang is incredible. So I know she lost quickly, but I think people are running her off because of that fight. That's my guess here. I just think I don't. I'm I'm like the only person picking on draw here, but I'm going to take her. Um, the last one in the main card here, kind of a you look at some of the prelims. I think they could have taken this spot, but it seems like the UFC is trying to build Amanda Rivas as some sort of star here in Brazil. Yeah, who's on the last fight of her deal. It's the classic Joe Silva matchmaking formula. You gave a really tough matchup to the fighter on the last fight. <laughs> yeah. One loss, and she's been complaining about her fighter pay, and justifiably so, obviously, the fighter pay is too low. But she's been really vocal about it, and I, I doubt the UFC likes that. She's uh, talked about, you know, uh, potentially moving to Bellator where her husband fights, Austin Vanderford. One championship I know would have uh, interest in her as well. So to me, this is a massive fight for Paige fans and personally because the contract's on the line. But right now, she's a huge underdog, like a massive underdog. Yeah. Everyone thinks Amanda Rebus is going to steamroll her. Amanda Rivas has looked great in the UFC 3-0. She had that really dominant win over Mackenzie Dern, which kind of opened everyone's eyes to how good this girl is. But I feel like I'm going to pick Amanda Rivas, obviously. I think she does win this fight. But it just seems like everyone's counting out Paige. And she's not, like, a terrible fighter. Like, she does have some striking and some ground game. So she could pull off the upside. It's possible. What do you think about this fight? Yeah, it's it's not going to be the blowout that everybody thinks. And I've seen some of the odds that Paige is 7-1, to one, yeah. which is – which is quite crazy. Well, maybe Ozmakers have, have made the odds like that because how long has her layoff been now? It's been, it's been a year and a half, and obviously it's been, it's been a year and a half. Yeah, sure. year and a half. She's got the she's got the issues with her arms as well, and obviously Rebass is is on the come up. But if, again, as Rebass for anybody who has well, I'm not trying to say Paige has elite world class striking, but as Rebass for anybody with with similar striking, I, I don't think so. So to be honest. Yeah. No, I, I think so. I mean, Brandon Marcos is kind of like just a grinder, if anything. Mm -hmm. like, really like, Mackenzie Dorr is pure, pure grappler. Wade Meyer, pure. Okay, she did fight one striker, Pollyanna Vienna, actually. Okay, there we go. I walked out in that fight. So, you know what? She's another girl that everyone's talking about really high on. But what if she does get kicked in the head with a, with a high kick by Paige? It's possible she could lose. Like, So I think people are kind of writing off Paige a little bit too much here. I'm not going to pick Paige Van Zandt. I will pick Amanda Rios. I'm, I've been impressed by her, so I'm going to take her. But... It, it kind of blows my mind that right now she's like a minus 800 favorite, like an 800. Yeah, that's crazy. That's 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 yeah. really crazy. I don't see the fight being that much of a blow. It's kind of weird. Uh, a couple of comments here from Kenshiro Rodoju. How's it going, man? Uh, there's a lot of uh, 
he said okay, he said some comment, but he has two hundred bucks on Jessica to beat Rose. So you know what? Plus, plus one seventy five odds is what I saw. He'll get back three hundred and fifty bucks. That's not bad if she wins. Like it's a pretty good return. Because she paved broke her hand three times. Mentality. It's her only fans page now of fighting. Rivas a black belt in BJJ and Judo. She's a demon. Rivas is great. Yeah, she is. It's not. She didn't break her arm, by the way. It was her. Uh, sorry, her hand it was her arm. She broke it. Um, yeah, yeah. Her arm's messed up. No doubt about it. She's definitely. But, I think she's trying to cash in right now. But go ahead, go ahead. Talk. No, I was about to say. Um, you were saying this is a classic Joe Silver formula. Yeah. Give the fight last fighter and the last fighter their deal a, a tough fight. But this is kind of a win-win for, uh, situation for the UFC because, say, if Paige gets a highlight real knockout yeah. over a, a surging contender, then. Her, her stock continues to grow. I mean, she's a she's a well, she was on Dancing with the Stars how many years ago? I think two or three years years ago. So maybe not through her uh, her body of work in the Octagon, but she is somewhat of a mainstream star. Like I, I mean, some of my friends who I referred to at the top of the show who are asking me, uh, who who's going to win? Who should I pick? They know who Paige Manzan is. They follow her on in, in Instagram. Yeah. But conversely, if Amanda Rebus runs through Paige Manzan, the UFC have got another star, and then she'll take her clout. Yeah, I was looking at her Instagram followers. Like she has a lot more than I thought. Like so, she's getting popular, especially in Brazil. It's a huge country. Kenshiro mm -hmm. says Rivas should minus fourteen hundred. See, I remember when we talked about the, when the when this fight was announced. I was like, okay, Rivas should be favored at like three to one or something. Now she's like eight to one. He's saying fourteen to one. Like I just don't see the fight being that much of a blow. I, people obviously are betting against Paige Ransom. They don't really believe she's a true MMA fighter. I don't know about that. I mean, she's proven. I think that she can hang in the UFC. I'm not yeah. saying a title contender. She's not that bad. Not as bad as people are saying. Um, no, I agree with you. Like, I don't want to get too much in the depth of these fights, but there are a couple I want to point out here. Um, this fight is the main event of the prelims. Volkan Uzdemir against Yuri Prajatska, who's the oh. rising champion. And Volkan, obviously, no time. One of the best guys at 205 in the UFC. This fight's going to be great. Uh, this, to me, should have probably been the main card opener, but I think they're you know putting on ESPN because they know it's going to be a great fight. Definitely someone probably gets knocked out in this fight. Mm -hmm. What do you think of this matchup? Yeah, man, it's the, the winner of this is going to be a serious contender in the light heavyweight division, 100%. And I'm really excited to, to I'm just going to say Yuri. I'm not going to try to pronounce his, his surname. I don't, I don't want to butcher it and be disrespectful. <laughs> it sounds like you memorized it. I'm really excited to see him make his debut. I, I do believe, is he 26 and 1? Uh, 26 and 3. 26 and 3. Okay, yeah. But he's on a, he's on a pretty ridiculous win streak at this, at this moment in time. So, like his body of work in Ryzen, it's it's phenomenal as well. I'm really this is probably well. I'm trying to think of my 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 yeah, my list of fights I'm most excited for. It's definitely in the in the top five like of the fights I'm most excited for. Yeah, this guy is unbelievable. I mean, he has one loss in the last um, seven years against King Mo, and that was the second fight of a one night tournament. So like he was probably tired. He was early in his career. Since then, he's won. I think is it ten straight fights? Yeah, ten straight fights. So there he's got. Yeah, and he's actually got some good wins here. So saying good, CB Dalloway, Fabio Maldonado, King Mo, a couple other guys here. Uh, Kazuyuki Fujita, the old man, but still, yeah. still good wins. Like for a guy who's outside the UFC. Then again, you look at Uzdemir, man, seventeen four, and you look at the level of competition and look at the wins, like the Jimmy Manuel win. Your boy, he got KO. Yeah. That was a dude. That still hurts because if Jimmy had won that fight, he was getting a title shot. Yeah, That's, that was a crazy yeah. knockout. I remember that one. Like whoa. And he also has the win over Misha Serkinov, Canadian guy. He knocked him on 28 seconds. And the Jimmy Manuel fight, 22 seconds. Also, mm -hmm. also win over OSP, Alexander Rackage, Gabriel Latifi. Does have a couple losses. He lost to DC, Smith, and Reyes. The point is, look who this guy's been fighting. He's been fighting the killers of 205. So 
to me, this one comes down to the level of competition, man. I feel like Volk has been fighting elite guys and hanging with them. He arguably beat Dominic Reyes. He arguably beat John Jones. Yeah. He, he's one of the top five guys right now. You got to give me a pick for this one. I'm going with Volkan as well. I, th- I, I, I think I, I don't want to say the old cliche or the UFC jitters and the step up in class, but they are real things. Yeah. And as, as you said there, you listed off uh, Volkan's resume just there and resume of people who he's locked horns with. It's it, it's it's a far cry from from the competition you he's been facing. So because I mean, you just said it there. Fujita was on that list there as well. I didn't, even, I didn't even know he was still fighting, but <laughs> he knocked him out four years ago. Like I think he was like fifty years old. It's crazy. Um, you got Kenshiro says he likes Yuri in this fight. He could win for sure. I mean, he's a yeah. beast. like he's got tons of knockout power. Volkan, he's been finished, uh, not really standing. DC took him down and finished him yeah. with, but who knows? A light heavyweight. These guys are big, and they weigh in at two hundred five officially. They're probably pushing two thirty plus. Oh uh, yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, it should be a fun fight. I'm looking forward to that one. Now I want to get to this fight because uh, you mentioned it earlier. Macrodamer Carney against Gang Henry. Gang Henry, uh, one of us, uh, I guess Scotland's top fighters, or I, I guess he lives in England now. I'm assuming based on what you said, he's looked pretty good in the UFC. Two and one. He had a really nice win over uh, Kim Dewado, who's a Canadian guy. Great win over a really good prospect here from Canada. Also beat Daniel Tamer in a fight of the night. Lost to Dan Ige, but Ige right now has proven he's one of the top guys. So to me, he's a guy that is definitely live in this fight. I mean, Emmerichani is good. Like his submission game is very good. We've seen him get a couple of submissions on the UFC. Also, a knock away over Andy Ogle, another English guy. So this guy's good, man. I mean, you saw the Chris Fiskel fight with the Anna Connor choke. He's solid, but he has been beaten a couple times in the UFC. I think his cardio is a little bit questionable. It seems like he slows down a bit. I don't know as much about Dave Henry as you. So give me your thoughts on this one and talk about who, who do you think is going to win this fight based on what you know about Danny Henry. Uh, well, I'd, I'd love for Danny to, to win this fight, but this is this is probably, probably one, one could argue, the toughest fight of his UFC career. Um, his fight against uh, Daniel Tamer, that was short notice. That was at UFC Glasgow. Yeah, I mean, he actually made his UFC debut in front of his fellow countrymen and countrywomen, which was a phenomenal experience. And uh, he was actually losing, I believe, the first round and a half, but he came back, he rallied, and then he got unanimous decision. And then, as you, as you said, he beat... Uh, Counted his own Hakeem Duwadu in uh, in London yeah. with uh, he, he choked him completely out. I remember that fight. Yeah, but uh, yeah, as, as you said, the the Danny Gay fight. There's absolutely no shame in that loss whatsoever. I mean, Danny Gay, where is he ranked in featherweight right now? I think he's in. Yeah, top. yeah he's up there right now. He's, he's up there right now. Later next week yeah. in the event. So yeah, he's a top guy. It's gonna be a good fight. I'm picking Mac on here, but uh, I think Henry could pull it off, man. Yeah, I, I think so too. And I, I mean, I think his route to success lies in him taking the fight to well, taking the fight into deeper wars because yeah. as you said Amerikani has at times shown some suspect cardio now i know in the after the shane burgos fight he said that he was dealing with some sort of illness that made him tired and i i never want to to question a fighter's honesty when they're saying that because why would you want to come out and say that oh yeah i, w- I was vulnerable beforehand or whatever because this is a macho sport who wants to make admissions like that or what have you yeah. but Again, he has shown in the past that he can get tired. So if Danny can weather the storm, I think he can get the W. So I'm going with Danny. I'm going with Danny. Just looking at uh, Macquanaber County's like stats, three and three in fights that go past the second round. So once he gets that third round, it does seem like he tires out. Yeah. Danny Henry's got quite a bit of experience actually in uh, like longer fights back in EFC Africa. Yeah. yeah. All title fights there went four or five rounds. So I feel like if this fight gets out of the first round, he's got a chance to win. But I still think Macron probably gets a submission. His submission game is quite lethal. 
Just give me your quick uh, picks on these fights. We'll just get through them here. Eliza uh, Zaleski to Santos versus Muslim Salkov. I really like this fight, but we have a lot of other stuff to talk about, so I'm just going to get through it quickly. Mm-hmm. But give me your pick on that one. Okay, my pick is that fight doesn't go the distance. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> that's definitely. Um, I'm going with Zaleski. Yeah, this could be a good fight. Uh, I took Salkov to win that fight, but definitely a coin flip, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. This fight, uh, light heavy, lightweight fight between Leonardo Santos and Roman Bogotov. Leonardo Santos, somehow 40 years old, still fighting the UFC and still undefeated in the UFC. But 40 years old. Wow, that's crazy. Five years since he knocked out Kevin Lee on the Chris Weidman and uh, Luke Rockelhart, the same card where Connor knocked out uh, Jose. Oh, yeah, 189. Yeah, that's five years ago, man. That's crazy. 194. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been a long time, man. Uh, uh, he's fighting Robert Bogotov, UFC newcomer, guy from M1. Who's your pick in this one? I'm going with Bogotov. I picked him too. You know, a lot of people are. Going by Santos's undefeated record, but the guy's forty years old, and exactly lightweight division against the guy who's twenty nine. He was a buzzsaw with his wrestling. We'll see what happens. I mean, he doesn't have any UFC fights yet, so the jitters, like you mentioned earlier, but I think this guy can win this fight. Um, going down to the early prelims here, heavyweight belt, Marcin Tibera against Maxim Grishin. Who's your pick there? I'm going with Tibera. Okay, I took Grishin, yeah. but heavyweight fight. We all know those fights. Yeah, exactly. I'm correct me. When was Tyburo's last win? I can't remember when. I can't even remember his, his last fight. Actually, he beat this guy Sergey Spyback in his last fight earlier this year. It was kind of like a really ugly fight. He took him down. Yeah. And, you know, oh, I remember it. Yeah. I, that's probably his game plan here: take down Grisham Tyremo. But Grisham, he's got a lot of experience, man. He's and I was looking at his record. He's got like a submission win over Alexander Volkov from M1. So that's a great win to have on your resume. Uh, a couple other fights here: Ryan Paiva. I already mentioned he missed weight, 129. He's fighting Zalgashu Magulov. Glenn Cruz just tweeted he's going to lose only only twenty percent of his purse. Twenty percent, come on, man! Like for, I understand if you miss by a pound or a pound and a half or what have you, but I think the UFC they've got to implement some sort of scale. Yeah, it, it, to, there's got to be some sort of ratio to penalty for if you miss egregiously, because you can't have your opponent do everything that they have to do and put themselves beyond the brink of starvation and dehydration. Only for you to decide oh, halfway through your wake up. No, I'm not going through it anymore. 100%. So, yeah, I agree. And who, who's your pick in that one? It's Umagulov. I can't say his surname, his surname like that, but I'm, yeah, I'm going with him. I'm awful with pronunciations, and I wouldn't want to do the person, any fighter, a disservice by poorly pronouncing their name like, I, I i am trying my best because i've definitely screwed up some names on this podcast in the past i try my best guys it's not easy it's actually really <laughs> yeah, yeah you wonder <laughs> you wonder how the ufc guys do it because yeah. they they practice for what weeks or days yeah. on hand but still when the moment calls and you need to say it correctly 100%. it must be difficult oh remember mike goldberg used to butcher him all the time we still love him for it but <laughs> he just screwed up okay uh, next fight carol rosa against vanessa mello vanessa mello missed weight she came in at mm-hmm. one one just now and find 30 percent of a purse which to me again is not enough six pound mi- uh, miss or five pounds i guess with the yeah. pound yeah and vanessa mello <laughs> says she forgot it was a featherweight match yeah i mean again i only think the fight should go on like six pounds over pay six the other pounds, no 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 that's that's too much of an advantage again it just i don't want to say in, in particular with with uh when females miss weight because obviously sometimes their menstrual cycle can play a factor in it due to easter too much estrogen in the body retaining water so i i often reserve judgment when when discussing females who miss weight but sometimes yeah again when there's an egregious miss of weight like that you just you well you shouldn't take the fight or you should be given half the purse you really should be 
No, I agree. I agree with that. Um, the last fight here, Martin Day against Davy Grant, another English guy. I'm picking Davy Grant, actually. He's not underdog. I think he wins the fight with his wrestling. What do you think? Yeah, um, 100%. And I do believe this is, well, for Davy Grant, this is uh, when he fought in, oh, the, he fought in Russia. He fought yeah, in Russia. Pop off. He won a split decision in that fight. But then he had a big layoff before. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's like two no, no, wait, he had a big layoff. It was actually, well, that was a year, but before that, it had been two years. And yeah, two years. Three years. So he barely he hasn't fought that much, but I still think he's got the experience here. Mm -hmm. so no, it's, it's it's good to see him well back in a, a good groove. Like because obviously a two and a three year layoff respectively aren't good, but I'm going with him to utilize his wrestling and get the W. Yeah. Um. So let's get some other stuff here. Some news. I saw this morning that uh, the UFC will sign a new deal, apparel uh, deal with Venom that will start in April mm -hmm. 21. Reebok deal is coming to an end after six years. Uh, as soon as that was announced back in 2014, I was against it right away because to me it looked like something that the, the fighters not agreed to, which is not fair. You look at again the other professional sports, which is saying it like it's all 50 50 down the middle. They have mm -hmm. unions that talk about this and negotiate the contract. The UFC said at the time, Dana White said, I look back and look at the quote. Dana White said, We're going to give all the money to the fighters. There's no way that's true. UFC kept a lot of the money from Reebok. I feel like the, uh, they really screwed the fighters over when they took away their individual sponsorships. And yeah. I feel like it just ruined some of the like personality of the sport, the individually individuality of the fighters. I used to love watching, you know, Anderson Silva come out with the bad boy shorts, you know, like, oh, yeah, man. like that, that stuff, that stuff. I remember like Tito Ortiz with his shorts, Chuck with his Iceman shorts. So to me, it's like, it, it ruined some of the personality of the guys. They did end up get, uh, getting this deal with Venom now. So we'll see what happens. According to the press release, the fighters will get more money from this. That remains to be seen. There's no details. You can't go around right now and say, okay, yeah, they're going to get more money. We have no idea. We don't see the details. We don't see the breakdown. And to be quite frank, they might not even really tell us like what's really in that contract. They don't have to, right? So, Yeah, exactly. I don't know, man. What are your thoughts on this? Because obviously it's too early to like give our complete thoughts, but initial reaction to this deal. Well, if, as is written on the press release, fighters are getting more money, that's a good thing. I mean – we all know the financial struggles of fighters go, fighters go through, especially during these testing times as well. So it's it's good in that sense. But I mean, I'll believe it when I see it. When I when I when I see fighters show me a marked increase from what they receive for uh, their Reebok payouts, and I actually tweeted out a breakdown of some of the the, the payouts which have still been in place since the UFC's uh, deal six years ago. Is it six years ago or yeah? yeah. Uh 2014 so yeah it's yeah so about yeah about 60 years ago and uh yeah if it, if it's an improvement on that I'll, I'll be happy but you you want a better split because i believe sean o'malley said that reebok sold close to a million dollars worth of his merchandise and he only got like three thousand dollars from it. yeah that's ridiculous he's actually starting yeah. a new clothing line which is great but again he can't wear that stuff in octagon so he can't uh really make the true value from it it's too yeah. bad but honestly but anyways yeah as far as the deal goes again we don't really know until uh, a couple probably years down the road quite pretty yeah cool. although i'm happy i'm happy that uh, an mma brand has got has got the gig like venom have been around for a long time yeah. they're somewhat ogs of their <laughs> the mma apparel game so i'm happy to see that and yeah. I, I saw i saw a lot of people saying oh yeah but what about nike or what have you but i'm not surprised that nike haven't well, decided against aligning themselves with the ufc and supplying the ufc i mean uh, there have been a lot of controversies recently and, and and in the past and still they well a lot of people don't view this as a mainstream sport yet so i think you're gonna have to wait a while before a nike and adidas decide to partner up with the ufc maybe maybe another five years or, or, or so yeah but yeah it'll, it'll be a while 
but yeah. shout, shout out to Venom. That's that's good. I'm happy that they've got the they've got the gig, and they do good stuff. They do their powers and their kits are good. So, I mean, it's going to be good. Yeah, I mean, if the equipment's better for the fighters, that's even better for, for potentially have better fights. So, see what happens. Kenshiro says he doesn't like the Venom deal because he wears it himself and doesn't want everyone <laughs> to wear it. <laughs> people, are just gonna, people are just going to shout at him. Oh, you train UFC, bro? Right, <laughs> I did actually train Muay Thai. I used to wear Venom shorts. I'd wear bad boy shorts mostly. I love bad boys. Uh, I love those guys there. But Venom, I wore there too. They have great clothing. Uh, Vondre Silva was sponsored by them for a while too. Yeah, of course. Will be. I'm not too sure about that. He just barely fights anymore. Says uh, means one FC is dying if Venom leaves. If Venom goes to max destruction, means less required materials. Possibly, we'll see what happens there. Um, I got to get your thoughts on this though. Okay, so one of the big things that happened this week: Mike Perry, uh, video of him knocking a guy out of the bar and saying the N word about twenty times. Uh, what's your reaction on this one, man? Because when I saw it, I'm like, geez, like, are you kidding me? This is so unprofessional. Like, this is the guy representing the sport so bad. What are your thoughts on it, man? Well, Mike Perry's 2% black. Remember, he can say whatever he wants. Do you remember when he came out? I wasn't at all surprised. Actually, when, when I saw the tweet, I because uh, it was early, early in the morning, I think I woke up and I went to the bathroom uh, to go go to the bathroom. And then I looked at my phone and then I was still in a daze and I saw Mike Perry involved in Brian. I just put it down. But then when I woke up in the morning and I actually saw it, I was, yeah, I was appalled. Like, I mean, no matter what the circumstances are, maybe this is, well, this is how many of us have, have been raised. No matter what the circumstances are, you don't hit somebody that's older than you whatsoever. And, and you don't raise your hand to a woman as well, which he's allegedly done. I'm not saying that he de he's definitively done this whatsoever, but to have, well, I, I don't want to say it's Mike Perry is on like a huge standing, but he's he's well known. Some people in the uh, who don't follow mixed martial arts know Mike Perry as well. To have somebody like him acting like this, acting abhorrently and like a uh, it's, it's almost Neanderthalish behavior, it's not good for the sport whatsoever. And as far as him using the N word multiple times, I've sadly become accustomed to it because he's he just does it all the time with no he has no regard for how anyone else is feeling i remember him and michael j white got into a, a twitter debate and he was just openly using the n-word towards him so yeah. but yeah um it's clear i think it's clear and evident that he does have some sort of uh, mental problems as well that he needs to have worked out and i hope that he gets the help that he needs yeah. but he also has to take the first step in that and he has to acknowledge that there's there's problems there yeah, I, I mean, I think a lot of fighters deal with mental health issues. I don't think they talk about it. They, they do take damage to their brain for a living. So, you know, a lot of, especially when they get older. Mike Perry's still, I think, like under 30. So he's still got yeah. But look at some of these older guys. Like, uh, we'll see what happens. We don't really know the effects of the punches and the kicks in the head over like a long career. We're starting to see guys like Chuck Liddell and, you know, Tito Ortiz getting into their 50s and stuff, and they are showing signs of it. But we'll see when they're like 70, 80, man. It's going to be. Yeah. It's... You know, Mike Perry goes, though. Um, I would have cut him. I mean, what's the point of keeping this guy on the roster? Why would you want this guy to represent your companies? He's an okay fighter. He's not. Yeah. There's a, it's a it, to me it's a privilege to fight in the UFC. Um, I understand that guys like Conor McGregor and John Jones have did a lot worse stuff, uh, you know, mm. and stuff, and that's not good. And they weren't cut, but you know, from the UFC's point of view, those are mega stars. Like they make a lot of money. I guess they're thinking the same with Mike Perry. Like I do think he is kind of a star, like a tertiary star. But yeah. me, this guy's more trouble. He's worth. The, the punch was bad, but especially in these times, man, to go and like drop the end bomb like that as much as he did. <laughs> well, yeah. Me. I was offended. No, yeah. It's well, 
what you can tell is that it's obviously been part of his vernacular for a very long time, for a very, very long time. Yeah. So again, as I said, I, I just wasn't shocked. I it, like when I hear people say that, even even when I hear black people say it, I don't like the word being used whatsoever, to be honest, because yeah. it, it's just a harsh reminder of the times that that they went through hundreds of years ago and it still to this day goes through. But when he said it, I didn't even I didn't even have that jarring feeling. There was no jar like, oh my god, that he said this. I was just it just it it was water off my back, it, like water off, off a duck's back. It just it, it's become it's become customary with Mike Perry. But yeah. as far as as far as what you said with as it pertains to the UFC cutting him, I think they should have. Like yeah. you can't like I know it's different. Like well, I know the circumstances are somewhat similar with Connor punching the old guy last, um, I think it was last April, but the video footage came out last August. Yeah. But they're both equally as bad. And I, I know the UFC have to protect their financial assets and financial interests, hence why they didn't cut Connor McGregor, something which they never do. But again, as you said, Mike Perry is, is not even, well, if you were to put him in the, if there was a tier system, what I had, he'd probably be a, a third tier star. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, it's like somewhat of a name, but I agree with you. It's more trouble is worth, man. And I don't know, just like I think it really represents the sport the wrong way. Like, especially right now, where like there's a lot of casual fans kind of tuning in now to the UFC. They see this, like, it's a step backward, yeah. in my opinion. So I, I was pretty upset about the by the video, but you know, the UFC responded by saying uh, basically, right now he's not officially suspended, but they said we're not going to book him for fights. But yeah. the guy only fights once every six months anyway. So like, how is that even like a punishment? You know what I mean? Uh, well, given his his tax issues, he might be fighting oh, yeah. back again. He might be fighting. Although saying that, yeah, uh, saying that, um, he uh, didn't he just buy his girlfriend like a, a new car? Did you not see yeah, that? Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I know. Well, yeah. maybe, maybe maybe he sorted out all his tax his tax situation, and maybe he had some money left over to do that, what have you. But yeah, yeah, I, I think he definitely does need some sort of help. And if yeah. the UFC are going to give it to him, I think that's that's good. And I think they should give their fighters all, some help and even financial guidance or what have you. Like I was talking about this uh, the other day, but whatever happened to, you know, the summits that they used to have like every, every year. Yeah. Yeah. They don't, yeah. That was interesting. Yeah. They, yeah, they, they don't have those anymore. And that is coincided with the WME IMG taking over. Yeah. So I, I don't know, maybe if that's something that just fell by the wayside in general, or maybe the, the WME decided that they didn't want to pursue, but I think there is, the UFC, they have to have a duty of care for their fighters and they should instruct them. Well, one, obviously there's a there's a code of conduct and they should speak to them each year and say, you have to abide by these rules and what have you. But they should also, I, I don't know, maybe give financial and tax literacy classes to their fighters because so many of their fighters, they say, for instance, they, they win, they get, uh, for instance, arbitrary number, they get $50,000 or what have you to a, to a young fighter, like, yeah, I've got $50,000 in the bank and blah, blah, blah. They go spending and then it, it comes time to pay your taxes yeah. and then you've got nothing. So, yeah. And th that's obviously a situation that Mike Perry's found himself in. Yeah. So I'd like to see the UFC do something like that, but I just don't think that's going to ever happen again. Dude, you're, you're so smart. You're bang on. Like, uh, they have seen me do that. You know what? Not just the UFC, but even like when I was in high school, we didn't have that. And I remember when I got my first job, like during high school, like, I was so stupid with my money, even in, into my college years, man, because I didn't really know, understand you need to save up and invest for the future and stuff like that. You know? No, of course, man. Yeah, like, and and this time, the, the global pandemic, that that reiterates the, like, the need to teach people financial literacy and the, the fact that you have to, even if it's only maybe 5 or 10% of your paycheck you get each month, you have to put something away. 
Yeah, you no, you're 100% right with that. By the way, Mike Perry, I'm just reading his Wikipedia, and he is from Flint, Michigan, which is pretty, I would say, a black city yeah. in, uh, Detroit, in like Michigan, near Detroit. And if you read the quote, he says, uh, in Michigan, I was maybe one of 10 white kids in the whole school, so I was bullied a lot. It was the same thing at other schools. Wouldn't be back down, so I'd get into fights. And said that he had uh, some issues with drugs, house arrest, jail. So I mean, the guy's been—he's been—he's had a rough life for sure. Mm -hmm. Doesn't excuse his behavior, and hopefully gets the help he needs because he actually is a talented fighter. But these demons, man, they're going to haunt his career unless he gets them taken care of. Exactly. Uh, let's get to Bellator because Marcus asked a question. Hey, Marcus, how's it going? Question for Adam: Can you share your thoughts on the low traction about your Bellator article? What does that say to you about Bellator? Okay, so Bellator—they uh, haven't had a show since February. They have one in Dublin. Uh, Liam, Liam McCord was in the main event. That mm -hmm. was probably in February, and now it's July. They just announced that they're coming back July 24th and mm -hmm. well, sign. It's not official yet, but that's the plan. So in, I guess, two weeks from now. I'm glad Belcher's coming back. It's always good to have, like, a, a second option for fighters to make money. And they apparently do pay, like, their big stars, you know, guys like Musasi, Bader. They all left from the UFC to make more money. So that's good. But the I posted the article. It, it got, like, no clicks. Like, no one cares about Belcher. I feel like they've lost so much momentum during this pandemic. What are your thoughts on Belcher right now, man? Yeah, they're in a in a difficult situation, and I think they were in a difficult situation even prior to yes. to the to prior to the pandemic. So, like, I'm happy that they're they're coming back, but you just wonder at what cost are they are, are they coming back, and what is the product that they're going to be putting out there to mitigate the financial losses that they've suffered they've invariably suffered over the last few few months, and obviously the financial losses in facilitating an event during the pandemic in itself. Yeah, a lot of people have forgot about Bellator. I I didn't think it was that long. Is that it was February when they last had that show in Dublin? But yeah, that's it's it's crazy to think that. And I mean, you would assume that Scott Coker and everyone at Viacom and have planned to um, have all the big big stars fight yeah. in, in, on June twenty, uh, July twenty fourth. Sorry, but again, Bellator they have kind of just fallen by the wayside because. Even in just the general public, everybody has been seeing that it's the UFC that are the major sporting league across the world who are pushing to sh uh, hold shows and events during this pandemic. And that subconsciously, people might have just forgot about Bellator from that, especially even casual fans. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's, it's difficult to get casual fans to watch, say, your average UFC fight card, like a fight night card. And I can imagine it's 10 times more difficult to get your average or casual mainstream MMA fan to watch Bellator. Yeah, it's probably 20 times as hard to get them to watch PFL, which has <laughs> yeah, sure either. And they say they're coming back next year. We have no idea, man. I, that company might go downhill for sure. Uh, a couple other pieces of news here. I know we're in an hour, but I, I do want to touch on a few extra things if that's okay with you. Um, of course, man. Awesome. Okay, so Je uh, Jeff Neal, he actually did an interview with uh, James Lynch, who's a friend of mine. Did an interview, an interview with him last week, I think it was. And basically with Jeff Neal, Jeff Neal, by the way, is number 10 ranked welterweight in the world. He knocked on Mike Perry at UFC 245. He is one of the best welterweights mm -hmm. in the world. He hasn't fought since December. He can't get a fight. He's actually taking a second job. He used to work at a steakhouse or Moxie's. Now he's at Texas Steakhouse. He's a server. He said he's helping the restaurant out. He wants to make some extra money during the pandemic. The fact that the number 10 ranked welterweight in the world, one of the best fighters in the world, can't get a fight and is resorting to working mm -hmm. at the server. It just speaks volumes to the fighter pay issues. And Brandon Schaub talked about it on his podcast. And, you know, it, it, people are very critical of the UFC. I actually wrote this article last month. It did 40,000 people read that article. 40,000. So that's a good article mm -hmm. um, that got around because people are, I think, a little bit more aware now of the, the fighter pay issue. So 
just your thoughts on this because like to me it blows my mind that this guy is working at a restaurant are you kidding me yeah it's crazy it's not as if he's just made his ufc debut or he's just three or four fights into his ufc career but or in fact i can't remember how many fights jeff jeff has had but anyway it's not as if he's still very green into his ufc career and he's getting paid five and five or what's I, I don't know what the lowest pay now is it 12 and 12 i think all right there's some guys at 10 and 10 but 10 and 10 like, yeah 12 is becoming more common yeah 10 and 10 i think is minimum but as you said it's a it's an indictment on the ufc that the fact that one of the most elite fighters on the planet has to go back back to work during well yeah has to go back to work during the pandemic just to just to stay afloat during these times i mean yeah. i mean the ufc if they really wanted to if they really really wanted to they could give their fighters a stipend each month yeah 100 oh man great point i mean even pfl apparently is doing that i don't think it's much like a grand i think it is but still money i mean that that would cover some people's mortgage or rent 100 yeah no you're 100 right if you're in the yeah. ufc you shouldn't be struggling and having to work a second job especially if you're at Jeff Neal's level where he's like an elite guy in the sport. It's crazy. Exactly. I mean, the man, realistically, he's two or three fights away from a world title fight. No, it's crazy. He's <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's 13-2, and two, seven fight win streak. He's actually 5-0 and oh in the UFC, coming off back-to-back -back knockouts over Nico Price and Mike Perry. So he's impressive. It's too bad. I'm glad Brandon Shaw brought it up on his podcast. Get some awareness about that. Uh, Joe Rogan, actually, on his podcast recently, just criticized the show-and-win uh, structure of in MMA in general, combat sports too, and boxing does it too. Just give these guys a flat rate, man. Like they don't need yeah. to tease them with the carrot to get half their paycheck. It's ridiculous. Exactly. It's not as if they're gonna fight. <laughs> if they're not gonna fight as hard if they don't have that dangle. It's they're still gonna fight hard. And the the win system, the win bonus system, just shows that they have the money there that they just don't want to pay it out. Which, I mean. Until there's a union, until, like, and I'm, I know that we we briefly had hope. Was it in 26, yeah. 2016 with the MMA Fighters Association with Tim Rodney and GSP and T yeah, 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 and Kane, Kane, Kane Velasquez was in that, that. And I mean, when I saw that and I saw the big names that were in in the group, I I had optimism. I thought, okay, this is a real chance for for some from change to happen. But I don't know what happened there. Literally. It, they just disappeared off the face of the face of the earth. And I'd love somebody to, whenever they interview Kane or TJ or Bjorn or GSP next to ask them what happened with that. Yeah. But until a union happens, you're going to have situations where fighters literally, <laughs> where the UFC holds, dangles a carrot, as you said, that was the, that was a metaphor. They dangle the carrot. like, Oh, well, yeah, there's an extra $40,000. If you, if you win, I just, it's, and it's something, well, I think it's just human nature to plan for sometimes sometimes the best best case scenario. So you know there there'll be fighters who will be like, okay, I could beat so and so. I'm gonna get eighty thousand dollars, like including a forty thousand dollar bonus, and they'll probably spend with that in mind, having that mindset. And then they, then they lose, and they only get forty, and then they're in in trouble. So yeah, it, just pay the fighters a flat rate. That's across across the board in combat sports pay the fire is a flat rate yeah and i think for the ufc especially like i feel like bonuses should be way more than fifty thousand. they should be a hundred thousand actually mm -hmm. it's like okay ufc 100 they gave a hundred thousand ufc 129 they gave one hundred twenty nine thousand. back when the fertitas were doing it they were giving you know eighty nine thousand some fights when yeah. the wmeimg took over endeavor 
they flattened it on 50,000 for the, the four bonus awards they give out. So they usually go out fight of the night and two performances. But sometimes they only give out uh, four performances and no fight of the night. So guys don't really know who's even getting a bonus. I always said this, um, ACB does this, ACA, whatever they call it now, they give a $10,000 finishing bonus or something, So or $5,000. Why can't the UFC give it like 10 or 20,000 finishing? You finish your opponent, you get an extra bonus too. I think that would lead to really exciting fights. What do you think about that? Yeah, 100%. And then then in turn, a better product, and that's yeah. going to draw more eyes. So it's it's an investment that would be in, the, it'd be in their own interest to do that, to make that own investment. But again, I, they don't see it that way. They just see it as an extra outlay, don't they? Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, just a couple other things really quickly. Uh, Tim Kennedy as well talked about fire pay. He said he'd make more money working as a garbage truck driver. You know what? It's possible. It's possible. Yeah. I don't think they do that. Plus, they get their benefits and stuff too, right? Like UFC, especially if you're like at the bottom of the roster, like you fight once a year to Sanger, you make 10 and 10. Or maybe you lose. You only make 10,000. Like you have to have a second job, you know? So these guys on the on the bottom of the court, man, they're in trouble. Um, I don't know if you saw this. This guy, Sean Wheelock, used to commentate Bellator. I just thought this was funny. He's going to do some adult webcam shows. Did you see that? that I thought that was hilarious. I, I got the press release. Yes. <laughs> um, it's it's interesting. Like uh, I I always wondered what, what happened to Sean, and uh, the press release landed on <laughs> in my email, and then then I saw. So yeah. I, I don't know what to say about it to be honest, to be honest, but. I thought it was just funny. It's like one of these MMA things. Only in MMA this happens. You know what I mean? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I saw it, but then I was reading that blind people apparently listen to this. Like, if you're blind, I mean, you need something to arouse you, right? So he's actually doing it. So he's like, he's like, if I'm making people's life more enjoyable, then it's good for me too. So that's kind of cool. Fair enough. He's he's doing a public service. There you go. Okay, so let's get into a new fight announcement. So we'll get out of here. Tiago Santos for Glover Teixeira. Wow, what a fight! Just brief comments on this fight. What do you think of this one? I'm a bit concerned for Tiago because it might be a bit too much too soon, don't you think? Yeah. It's like, a year, so yeah, it's been a yeah, while. literally, it's just a year this week. Well, I've been yeah, so yeah. But, yeah, and you don't want to be coming up against somebody who's looked as imperious as Glover Teixeira did against Anthony Anthony uh, Smith. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm a bit concerned about the fight for Tiago, but I think we can definitely say that fight just it's not going to go the distance. All the ingredients added to it. It's not going to go the distance. Uh, I mean, I have no idea who's going to win, but I, I don't think it's going to go five rounds either. Man, both guys are great. Tiago Santos, I thought, beat John Jones, I'll be honest. I did think he actually won that fight, and I thought Dominic Reyes did too, but uh, yeah, guys could be at the top of the game and to share coming off that huge win. A couple other fights here. Uh, Jimmy Rivera versus Cody Stamen. That's a featherweight fight next week. That should be good. Nazareth Hack Parast will be taking on Alex Munoz. Nice to see Hack Parast back after that KO loss to Drew Dober. Mackenzie Jones taking on Random Marcos. The kind of interesting fight. Uh, a couple other fight announcements quickly. Uh, Emily Whitmire, Pollyanna Vienna, and George Gonzalez, Kenneth Berg. Marcel Dorf has got all the fight announcements. Definitely follow him for that. But I do want to get to two uh, in particular because they do fe feature English fighters. So we got Nathaniel Wood against John Castaneda. Any thoughts on this fight? Yeah, well, I'm kind of actually happy that this <laughs> this fight has oh, come, right? come together. I was very, very... I was skeptical of Nathaniel's decision to take a fight against Umar Nurmagomedov, especially after the the, the loss to John Dodson. Like I know it wasn't a, a devastating knockout loss or what have you, but it was a risky fight to be taking after after a loss like that. And had he beaten Dodson, he it would have catapulted him into the top fifteen. Yeah. But so I, I know it's come around in in horrible circumstances, and our condolences go out to the entire Nurmagomedov family, their team, their friends, and we'll have you following the tragic death of Abdul Manab. But yeah. I think this is a, a lot better fight for Nathaniel. 
Yeah, no, I agree 100%. Uh, I thought he would probably lost that fight against Umar. And I'm really high on Nathaniel Wood because this guy's impressive, man. But the loss to John Dotson, that's a bad loss. This is better for him to fight someone who's kind of a, like a lesser-known guy. And the other fight here is uh, another English guy. Uh, actually, I think he's Welsh. Uh, John Phillips? Uh, Welsh? Yes, John Phillips. Yeah, the Welsh wrecking machine. Or as he used to call himself, uh, the white Mike Tyson. Yeah, back in the day. I remember <laughs> nickname. He's taking on this guy, Kazmat Kameev. I don't know him, but I'm, you know, I'm assuming he's a, some amazing Russian fighter from M1 or something. I don't know about the other guy, but uh, any thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, I think uh, so. John was initially meant to fight Dusko Todorovic. I think from the fight at uh, the English London. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I'm, I'm not too sure with uh, with uh, about his new opponent, but John's going to go into the fight full of confidence because obviously he got that win over the knockout win uh, was over. I can't remember what his name was. It was the first round knockout win. Oh, yeah. as you oh, said. Yeah, he needed that win, man. He really needed. Oh, he needed. He needed that win. He needed that win, and I, I don't know. Maybe he was a tad. Well, I think he was a tad lucky to still be in the UFC because I think he had. I think he had three losses in a row. Yeah. If memory serves me correctly, and I mean, we we've seen that the UFC can be ruthless. I mean, remember they cut your boy Elias Theodore after a win. So <laughs> like, get a board. Cut him, but yeah, no, I, they, you know, he's lucky he got that last fight, but he looked good in that fight. Um, I should say that I'm looking at Kamea's record, you know, six and oh, uh, all six wins by stoppage. He's a guy from Brave CF, so that's where he's fighting from. He's fights on all stars, actually, so he's a training partner with those guys. I guess, uh, Manawa, your guy, and Gus. Yeah. Um, man, he's only been a pro since 2018. He's already in the UFC. It's incredible, man. There's so many young guys coming up right now, like they fight and a year later than UFC. How crazy is that, man? I know, like, I mean. <laughs> For, for so many of these fighters, these older fighters, they must just be looking at these young kids coming in and thinking, how the hell have you come in so so quickly? I mean, some fighters only get to the UFC during the latter stages of their career, let alone like <laughs> let alone two or three fights. Like I think, obviously, I think the fast track really started with Mickey Gall against uh, against of uh, you know he fought Mike Jackson first and then he fought CM Punk. But yeah. I think he. He well, obviously, he impressed Dana White and looking for a fight, and he had that moment where he, he called for a shot. And I think ever since then, the UFC they must they must be like a, a small segment of the uh, of the scouting team who are just looking for young prospects who they think could be potential potential viral and social media stars. So that stuff matters too, for sure. Yeah, man, great show today, man. Really appreciate you coming on. Uh, uh, anytime, man. It's good to chop it up with you. It's been uh, it's been too long, yes, yeah, since, since we saw each other and talk. Absolutely. I'll get you on down the road for sure, man, because I thought you were amazing. So I really appreciate it. I want you to plug your stuff, man. What you've been working on, what do you have coming up? Go ahead. The floor is yours. Well, I've actually uh, I've been on uh, in the UK. We have a, a scheme at the moment where the government will pay the salaries of companies uh, to to put their workers on uh, on a break. So I've been on break for nice. okay. well, I've been on break for like the last six weeks. I've got another three weeks. So this weekend I can actually just w watch the fights and now I have to write about them. I'm actually going to have a beer and watch them. Watch the fight. But, uh, if you guys want to follow me on Twitter, my name, my handle is just Chisanga underscore Malata and same on Instagram and same on YouTube as well. Yeah, definitely follow this guy because I think he's one of the must follows in MMA. It's always posting really good news and sharing other people's stuff too. So great. Oh, thank you very much, man. <laughs> you, you have a really good uh, social media. As far as me, you guys can follow me on Twitter at MMAdamMartin, and I'm available at BJPen.com, uh, MMARings.net, where I have an article about tomorrow's fights, and of course, MMAoddsbreaker.com, the home of this podcast. Go to MMAoddsbreaker.com, we got all the odds for tomorrow, and 
definitely check that out. I know that uh, a ton of people are betting on this card, so go and see my thoughts as far as the bets go. I really appreciate you tuning, uh, joining me today, Monta, and everyone for tuning in. I appreciate that as well. Guys, have a great day, and thanks again for joining me, man. Bye. Anytime, man.